Welcome to the Hoops and Huddle podcast. I am Malika, joined by Brandon, who is the rubric who reviews the business side of sports. And today we are speaking with Rel Myers, who um, is a content creator for the New Orleans Pelicans uh, fans worldwide. Um, she loves her Pelicans, and we had to have her on to talk about New Orleans because every year I think, okay, this is going to be the year they make some noise, and then you have an injury and we're going to get into <laughs> the news soon but i wanted you to you know introduce yourself to the people and say hi and um yeah and where they can find you real quick yeah uh thanks for having me uh my name is Rel myers i'm a content creator with the you know a passion for the nba but like malika said i love my pelicans um but you can find me on um twitter and tiktok and youtube at Rel myers r-e-l-m-y-e-r-s Cool. And we'll have a link to the Twitter profile when we post this on Twitter. So you'll be able to find her that way. So let's get right into it. Trey Murphy, that news today. I mean, I feel yeah. like New Orleans, they open, you know, you opening up the season and boom, you know, you may have a healthy Zion. He's looking healthy, but mm -hmm. then you hear the Trey Murphy news. How do you feel about it? Like, what, what are your thoughts? It hurts. I, uh, I've been rooting for Trey harder than most other guys on the roster. And um, I've grown to, you know, I've, I've grown a bond with his family, his mom and dad. I talk to them, you know, whenever I see them. And um, it, it just sucks. And Trey, Trey doesn't get hurt. He's never had any sort of injury to where he's missed a lot of time. He's had to have surgery. So this is like his first surgery, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that news is a tough blow because we're always worried about Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram and, their injury history, but now we got guys who normally aren't hurt getting hurt and needing, you know, minor surgeries and stuff. So that news was a, it was a tough blow. Even when they said that he hurt his knee and we didn't know what it was going to be, it was a mm. tough blow. So some people are a little bit relieved with it only being like a 10 to 12 week recovery thing. But yeah, um, yeah. a lot of us have like injury PTSD because when guys, you give us that timeline and they never come back at that timeline and you say you're going to ramp them up and we'll check back in two weeks check back in two weeks over and over and over again sometimes the guy just ends up never playing <laughs> so everybody's nervous so mm -hmm. yeah that, that news was rough yeah torn left meniscus was the diagnosis 10 12 weeks um but yeah you know as we look at your roster in general with this news um, he's going to be back. He should be back by some middle November, probably around there. Yeah, right? he should miss maybe like 15, 20 games, something like that. Um, and so now people are just like, OK, well, let's make sure like we should be OK if CJ, B.I. and Zion are healthy for those 15, 20 games. Last year, it only took two and a half games for our top two players to get hurt. So <laughs> mm -hmm. it's just, every, we're just at the mercy of the basketball guys at this point. Right. I, the bad part about it, I, I was just wondering, man, that could just impact their midseason tournament because yeah. that's, the, that's that first stretch and that, yeah. get some momentum. I know it's not the championship, but any positive, you know, any positive growth for the Pelicans this year in any aspect is is good. <laughs> yeah, and Trey's a huge piece for us. Um, you know, he, he could be that six-man role, and he didn't get to play. A lot of people didn't get to play the role they should have last year mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. because somebody's always hurt. And so a, a lot of fans, and I'm sure we could probably get, you know, I might be getting ahead of myself if we can get into this down the road, but I don't know if y'all know, a lot of Pelicans fans are, like, really upset with C.J. McCullough. But 
He came here to be the third option. He's gotten to do that literally 10 times in a year and a half. <laughs> so, like, I see your face. You're like, what? Like, that, yeah, there are some fans. And it's mostly Brandon Ingram's fans, to be honest, that really have an issue with CJ. But the guy shows up and he does his job. And he's available more than the others. So He's probably the best leader they have on that squad. Yeah. Like, hands down. Kids like, be kids. close. Yeah, yeah. They, they're they're not approving. I mean... Brandon, Brandon Ingram and Zion have been injured, so mm -hmm. he had to play more minutes. And yeah. he was brought there to play a particular role. He's playing yeah. a role higher than intended. That's not his fault. Like, not. I mean, like, but at least he's stepping up. He's a, you know, he's trying to step up. But hopefully mm -hmm. this year, um, Zion, you know, Brandon Ingram seems to be finding his flow with USA basketball, but. You know, let's get into because he started off a little. It started off a little rocky, um, mm -hmm. but let's talk about your roster in general for the Pelicans. How are you feeling about you know your roster right now? You guys are about fourteen million or so below the super apron, but over the hard, but over the, but over the salary cap. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. I think we're like just barely over it. Yeah, um, you're barely over it, but you're about fourteen million under the super apron at least. So, yeah. you know, tell me about, you know, let's talk to us about how you're feeling about your roster. And Zion, um, like, do you think, yeah. you, you know, how you feel about Zion? I am, I, I'm a Zion fan. And, you know, a lot of people are, um, they've run out of patience. Um, for me, I think I'm mostly looking at, you know, are Brandon Ingram and Zion going to be healthy this year? If we know about a trade deadline, that they're mm -hmm. like missing a ton of time. Um, at that point is when I'm officially like, all right, we got to do something. Somebody got to go because you can't have your top two people be the most injury prone people on the team. <laughs> like you're never gonna get anywhere. You can't. People, uh, I see people say a lot. You can't build on hope. It's very, very true. Yeah. You can't just keep yeah. hoping these guys are gonna be healthy and get us to the promised land. So um, overall, I'm really happy with the roster construction. Um, we picked up Cody Zeller this off season, and people were upset about that. But what they have to understand is. Um, we just brought in James Orego. Cody would play his role. Cody would play yeah. his role, stay in his lane, yeah. good in his role. And that's the thing. People are like, you know, we gave up on Jackson Hayes, but like Jackson Hayes can't set a screen. I bet you Cody Zeller can. And he also has that familiar with James Borrego, who they just brought in because he played under him in Charlotte. So um, our starting five, I'm very happy with. A lot of fans are not happy with Jonas Valanciunas. I don't care. That's my center. He does what's asked of him. But I don't think that they, I think they've, they've, shied away from using him properly like if you don't feed him the ball what do you want him to do mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. if, they, if they're not going to him in the post you know like he can he can stretch for a little bit he can shoot the three like he, there's several things where he's made seven three-pointers you just keep giving him the ball he gonna keep shooting and he gonna make it um but then he has these like these off nights and that's what people are focusing on they're focusing on the off nights but i, I mean everybody has off nights you yeah, know, like um, yeah. even the top elite players have off nights. So, mm -hmm. I mean, he's, I mean, I think he plays his role pretty decent. He's, he, you know, as a center, you know, you have, but, but the top centers were run, were battling for the MVP this year. Everybody's not going to be yeah. um, Joker and Embiid. Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. going to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, Jonas, I was literally just watching some highlights earlier. There was a game in December where they played the Bucks. Mm -hmm. Jonas had 37 points, 18 rebounds. He was like 14 for 24 from the floor and 7 for 10 from three. He was absolutely cooking Brook Lopez and Giannis. And so I'm like, hey, 
what 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 more do you want you know so people always want things to be sexy what yeah. he does is not always going to be sexy but he does what's asked of him but you know there's there's a lot of speculation on whether willie green is really like happy with him or not um typically if, if larry nance jr is healthy he's going to come off the bench and he's going to play back up five but a small ball five so it's another reason why we got rid of jackson hayes i think because we really need him or billy Ernan Gomez. <laughs> so um rest of the roster yeah, the starting five, I'm really happy with the starting five. A lot of people think that Trey Murphy should have been a starter this season. Um, I, didn't, I didn't think he was going to be. I think that starting five was going to be the same as it was on opening night last year, um, which would be C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, um, Jonas Valanciunas, and Zion Williamson. So I think that's what they are going with again this year. Um, obviously, Trey wouldn't be starting because he got hurt. <laughs> so, um, and then our sixth man coming off the bench is probably it's either going to be uh, Larry Nance will come off the bench and relieve JV early, or um, maybe Dyson Daniels actually take CJ out first. So there's a lot of options, and, and I trust our coaching staff. Um, our main hurdle, main issue year after year is just health and, and three point shooting, actually. So you brought up an interesting point, uh, something I haven't heard. Pelicans mm-hmm. fans mentioned, the media does. If Zion isn't healthy by the trade deadline, and he's not there, and it looks like look, we're not going to have this guy most of the season. He gets hurt again, whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that a rebuild, reset, most you know, moment for the Pelicans? Because that, everything they have is all contingent upon the availability of Zion. All the pieces you mentioned are great, awesome, dope. Yeah, not championship pieces to say. Yeah, not to go be top three in the West. Mm-hmm. So, what does this mean? And could they even do a deal? Because, I mean, this guy just signed his extension, right? right. He did. He did. So he's getting he did, into the first yeah. year with his extension that also has all these different stipulations around, um, you know, weight clauses and, and whatever else. So, um, yeah, I'm not even sure, you know, when they'd be able to move him as far as the contracts go. But um, I want to say in the offseason when there was a lot of speculation about us, you know, maybe moving up um, mm-hmm. to, like, draft Scoot or something like that and what the package looked like and things like that. Personally, I would be more willing to let go of Brandon Ingram before Zion Williamson. Only because I know we've got yeah, I know it sounds crazy. I know we got to the playoffs that year that Zion didn't play at all and we had traded for CJ and we got to the playoffs without him. But I just feel like long term we've seen if if Brandon is out and Zion's in, we can win with Zion. I don't know how much we can win without Zion. If that makes sense. I know a lot of people just like, no, get rid of it. But like, B.I. is a very, very, very good player during the second in his class. He's, he's very he's good with his health and like yeah. isolation and about like, I don't think <laughs> Yeah. And I hate, and I like, I don't want to like this B.I. I want this, the, the B.I. stands, whatever have you. Yeah. B.I. is an excellent player. I don't think he's a generational player in Zion. It's. Hmm. Okay. okay. I really like Herb Jones. I mean, um, I'm a Herb Jones fan. He was one of those yeah. players I was waiting to see, you know, what he, but he signed his extension. You guys have him locked in yeah. um, through all the way up to 2026 season. He's an unrestricted free agent that season. So you have him locked in. Um, you have Zion locked in. You have CJ for two more years. And then yeah. he's an unrestricted free agent. Um, so, but. You know, this is the last season for for Jonas Valanciunas. Um, mm-hmm. 
So, um, yeah. So, um, you know, when you look at your roster and your bench, like I like Jose Alvarado as well. Um, yeah. When you look at your roster and your bench, where do you see you guys in terms of, the, if you guys are healthy reasonably, where do you see you guys ranking in the West? Do you think, what seeding range do you see you guys hitting in the playoffs? Uh. Fully healthy, I think um, top four. And last year I said top four, and we ended up first in the West for like a little while. And, and then that's when Brandon Ingram was missing for a month. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, said, month you said top four. Top I four in the West. Top, and I think top three, if, if Zion is healthy, yeah. I mean, it's a guy that's putting up 25 and 10, 25 and. Crazy efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> wow! That's, if Zion is healthy, that Zion is healthy. If Zion's not healthy, like I don't even wonder if he can make the plan. Yeah, we man, That's we were on pace for like fifty. We were on pace for like fifty wins. We got hurt. It was probably like twenty six, seventeen, something like yep. that. He got hurt January second, and it was all downhill from there. They went on a ten game losing streak. Like, yep. and Bi was out that whole t- like for a majority of those ten games. We lost. Bi was out for at least eight of <laughs> I hope I'm, I'm remembering it correctly. But he was out for the majority of those games, but um, yeah, like, need those guys healthy. But healthy, we was on top, and yep. even missing our, our, one of our star players, we were still on top. So, and we saw how Denver was, you know, at the top of the standings all season long, and we was right there with them, you know. So, yep. and, we, and we beat them a couple times this past season. I want to say too. So, yeah, it's just healthy, man. I don't know if if the practice facility. Where the arena is built on some ancient burial grounds and someone's upset about something we got a curse on us <laughs> i mean one of the things i'll say is i mean if there is one whole is there's one thing you could do at your roster to strengthen it to strengthen it before the tread deadline what would that be if your team is reasonably healthy like what would that move move be if you can make one move um to strengthen your roster like what trade would you want to see what what signing would you want to see i haven't really thought in like specifics but i think in the the change would have to be in our starting lineup and the only person i'd be willing to let go in our starting lineup would be Jonas Valanciunas. as much as i love him in his game it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of like it doesn't seem like he's really part of like what they want to do um like I was saying earlier with Larry Nance Jr. coming off the bench and being the backup small ball mm-hmm. five, it just mm-hmm. seems like they want to go more in that direction. So it's, I don't know that we need such a traditional back to the basket center. Now, if we can get a lot of people, I'm not really on board with it, but if we did get him, I would cheer for him. A lot of people want Miles Turner. I have no idea why, but I think he's one of those guys that they don't watch him. But when he plays us, he cooks us. So they think he's like amazing. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying he's a bad player, but I just I'm, I'm not jumping at the opportunity to have Miles Turner be my center. So I think it would have to be that, you know, um, is the rest of the roster, you know, it's fine. I mean, the guys at the end of the bench, like, you know, they're not going to play anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but as far as our rotation goes, I think our rotation is solid, and that's the one that I would probably want to um, upgrade is that center. Oh. Um, what do you think about now that we have an idea that you see you guys reasonably healthy as a top four team? Do you think you guys have the right coaching staff for that top four team? Your yeah, head coach yeah. and assistants. I think Willie Green is their guy, and um, I think 
So they just got rid of Teresa Witherspoon. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's speculation around that, of course. Um, because that's that was Zion's homegirl. You know, that was like his bigger sister. They wanted said, to take it up. They wanted, I yeah, get it. Yeah. yeah, some people think that they removed her to like kind of remove that like last safety net with him. But when it comes down to it, Willie Green inherited her from somebody else's staff. Like she had been there with Stan Van Gundy. She had been there before with um with Alvin Gentry too. She'd been there a couple years before um before Willie got there. And so I think you know he he got to pick his own people. You know you can't keep everybody <laughs> all the time. So that really that really was tough. That kind of shook up the fan base a little bit. Like wow, man, you know, like she it really seemed like she connected with a lot of the guys. Um, and Kyra Lewis Jr., I don't know if you ever heard this story, but Teresa Witherspoon used to coach his older sister or something like that. And when he was little, he would tell her, when I grow up, I want to, I want you to coach me, you know? <laughs> and so he actually got drafted by the Pelicans and she was able to coach him. But, you know, she's got these, like, these long-standing relationships with these guys. But they were just like, nah, you got to go. <laughs> so that, that really hurt. But as far as the rest of the staff goes, um, I think Fred Vincent is extremely, like, invaluable. Um, or extremely valuable to uh, to to the um, the organization, and um, recently he was getting some accolades from Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was talking about how he fixed his shooting. Um, that was him and Fred in the gym all the time. So Fred really helped him with that. And there's guys on our roster now like um, Dyson Daniels and Herb Jones who yeah. are great defensively, but they can work on their shooting, and that's what Fred is there for. And we have seen some improvement with Herb and with Dyson. You know, it was only one season, so we'll see how he does next season, but. As far as the coaching staff goes, I think they got the right head coach. I think they're trying to, you know, make sure they got the right assistants and the right developmental coaches and things like that. So uh, I want to say one of the developmental coaches who was assigned to Jackson Hayes, I think he actually was let go this offseason too. So they, they, they're making moves, you know, and it might not, again, it might not be sexy. People want, you know, these big names and things like that, but they're doing what they can. Okay, um, that makes sense. Oh, you had anything you wanted to ask? Um, so, and it's not so much about the coaching staff. I, I wonder, uh, is there a riff or, you know, what's that relationship like between the GM front office and that coaching staff to make those decisions? Because what it sounds like Coaching staff, really green, can be thinking about the team in a different direction or making some changes. Mm -hmm. Front office made a huge investment financially in the two players that you're talking about, and and uh, Bi and Zion. Mm -hmm. How does that get worked out? How does that affect the culture or affect the locker room? Got rid of Teresa Witherspoon as well. Yeah. Is this going to impact them negatively, positively, as Willie Green tries to solidify himself as the man on campus? And yeah. um, I mean, I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall <laughs> to kind of figure out, like, you know, what that dynamic is like. Um, yeah. I think it says a lot that uh, the executive vice president of basketball, David Griffin, which a lot of people think David Griffin is the general manager, he's not, but obviously he has he has a lot to say and everything that's going on. Um, David Griffin called Zion in to have a meeting with him the day that Teresa Witherspoon was let go. Okay. And the only reason we found out that he was meeting with him was because the Saints reporter saw Zion and was like, hey, yo, <laughs> Zion's here meeting with DG. 
So we're like, what? What's going on? And maybe not even 10, 20 minutes later, the news broke about Teresa Witherspoon. So I think it says a lot that David Griffin tried to, you know, make sure that a lot of communication was open and let him know, like, look, we know this is your girl, but this is what we got to do. Mm-hmm. Hope you're okay with it. <laughs> but it's happening. <laughs> it's in motion, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's unfortunate because I know she passed up some opportunities to stay here because she felt like her work wasn't done here with these guys. That is my problem with it. Yeah. That's my issue. It's, yeah. I mean, I know she's in the running for Chicago Sky, like, you know what I mean? Um, WBA mm-hmm. still in season. Um, mm-hmm. We're about to go into playoffs and, you know, W is about to go into playoffs and everything. So probably in the offseason to be settled. But I'm hoping she lands as the coach of the Chicago Sky. I, I would love to see her back in the W. So she's amazing. Her energy is just like so infectious. Like I've I haven't gotten a chance to like like sit and talk with her or even like stand and talk with her for a few minutes. But if I see her real quick. Hey, teaspoon. Let me get a picture or, you know, whatever have you. She's like. Course. Like, you know, she's just so down to earth and cool. I hated to see her go. And I love that she was in the um in the organization just like, you know, representing, you know, but not a not a lot of women involved, a lot of black women, especially uh on these coaching staffs. So she was great to have there. And um I know she'll land on her feet for sure. As you as we look at it, as we look at um David Griffin is the EVP basketball operations. But your um, GM is, you know, um, Langdon. Langdon, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, you could talk about the relationship between them and give it some comments on your owner as well. Like, really to the flow of the front office, like similar to what Brandon asked. But how is the relationship, you think, between um, David and and, um, your GM and... Mm -hmm. Like what decisions, what type of decisions does the GM make even? Does he have power, yeah. do you think? And then how do you feel about um, Gail Benson, how she's been doing the last few years? It seems like, mm-hmm. you know, like she's committed to, a, you know, a winner. Um, yeah. So you can go with that and then we'll have one more question, then we're done. Okay. Um, with Trajan Langdon, he likes to be behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw him coming out of the tunnel. I was uh, at a game in, in Memphis. And so we just brought up how David Griffin is always on camera. He, he's always the guy doing all the talking and Trajan Lane is behind the scenes. And he's like, I actually like it like that. <laughs> so I'm sure, you know, they have some sort of like collaborative effort going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and David Griffin likes to be the guy. Or, or maybe maybe it's not that he likes it. Maybe he just doesn't mind it. So he, he doesn't mind being the guy that's on camera making the statements and things like that. Right. Um, they also Swin Cash is in our front office too. Um, so between the three of them, I think they've done a really good job so far. I think a lot of what they've tried to put together, I can see the vision, but everything is just injuries are just messing that up. Um, I don't really know what kind of like decisions the general manager is supposed to be making versus like what the vice president of basketball right. operations is going to be right. doing. Um, but I feel like between David Griffin, Swin Cash, and Trajan Langdon. There's like you feel like there's synergy, a, basically a three-headed monster. Like they're they're yeah. all one, yeah. <laughs> you know. But one of them just happens to be like the mouthpiece for all of that. Okay. And then with, with Gail Benson, um, I'm kind of leaning towards. I'm I'm extremely happy that she is the team's um, governor. I guess you could call it these days. Yeah, I think they yeah. <laughs> I keep owner. using owner, but yeah, governor. 
<laughs> old habits die hard, right? So she, when the Pelicans didn't have like an owner and a league on the team, she, I guess, talked Tom Benson into getting the team. So it, there's just this like thing where everyone's just like, oh, well, you know, Tom bought the team for Gail. And he's like, here you go, sweetie, here's the NBA team, right? So I'm thankful that they were able to get the team. They were able to keep them in New Orleans because there's always all this talk about, you know, um, oh, they're going to move to Seattle, blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. with Gail, what I can really, really, really appreciate with her is not only is she, you know, making an effort to keep the team in New Orleans, but also she has it set up to where when she passes, whoever buys the team, can, can they can't move them. Like, that's part of the agreement. Like, you buy this team, you keep this team here. So, and I don't know if there's anyone, you know, locally who would want to end up buying it. <laughs> I don't know who's rich enough to buy an NBA team because they probably are also going to buy the Saints too. It's probably just going to be like Phoenix where you get the WNBA and the NBA, you know, it'll be the NBA and the NFL. So um, I can appreciate her for those things. But after a certain point, it kind of feels like she's not willing to do whatever it takes. Right. Like we never pay the tax. You know, it's like, look, how how far are you willing to take this? Are you just satisfied just having a team and bringing in a little bit of money? Or are you willing to, like, really invest? And there are things that she has done. Um, I want to say as soon as David Griffin came in, she got them to, you know, like, remodel the practice facility. Um, and then they brought in Aaron Nelson. And Aaron Nelson was David Griffin's guy. But now Aaron Nelson is, like, not running the training team or anything anymore. I don't really know what's going on with that. But... His position is definitely going to be different this coming season because there's been a lot of friction there between him and, you know, Zion and Brandon Ingram and all the hoops they've had to jump to through to return to play. Right. So it seems right. like there was some friction there. Everybody else seemed to be living in harmony, but there specifically, there is something weird going on there. That's something like there's something <laughs> there, you know, like. Yeah, well, did you yeah. see these these reports? So-and-so was hurt. He'll be reevaluated in two weeks. Those two weeks pass by, he'll be reevaluated in two weeks. So it's like, what benchmarks are you having these guys have to make, like to meet, in order to return to play? You know, like Brandon Ingram was out with that hurt toe for a long, long time. But some of that, with, with with a toe injury like that, which I don't know if it was ever like fully. I've heard so many different things. I don't even know if it's like officially turf toe that he had. But if you got something going on with your foot and you can't burst. You can't explode off your foot, then you just can't play. So, like, mm-hmm. it is what it is, you know. So, and the fasciitis, um, turf toe, all of that. Like, you ain't doing. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't doing none of that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. yeah. So, hopefully, moving forward with the new whatever they got new going on with the training staff, hopefully there won't be so much with that. Like, ask the guy, like, hey, can you go? And if he say yeah, he can go, then let him go. Because previously, mm-hmm. previously it just seemed like, nah, I know you want to play, but we're not going to do that. We'd rather play safe than sorry. And so now you got guys missing 50 games. <laughs> For what, man? <laughs> so hopefully this season, um, that is, you know, like you guys have a healthy season. It seems like you're happy with the coaching. Um, ownership is moving in the right direction in terms of decision making. They just haven't. But now with that new CBA, it's going to be harder for people to spend like that. Like it, ham- yeah. it, it really, which is why I was done because you had people spending like the Warriors and then you had people looking at other teams like you're not willing to go over the tax. Now it it's a temp penalty to go over the tax. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a hell of a pen- penalty. So we'll, we'll see that more, 
you know, like spread out. I mean, I, I know Phoenix is going for it, but you're yeah. not going <laughs> to see many teams um, going for it in that magnitude. So as we close, go ahead, Brandon. Sorry. My hot take. I think the longevity of the Pelicans in New Orleans is contingent upon what happens with Zion. Oh, that's a that's a real take. I, I believe that's, that's not an unusual thing to say, but right. Gail Benson said I, I get it. That's what that's what this one <laughs> this is where I'm headed. Uh once you sell the team, the loopholes that exist to be able to move a a team are very like those holes are huge. <laughs> you don't have Zion, you have to rethink your roster lineup, the new CBA limits you from being able to get guys. They have one of the worst arenas in the NBA. In oh, terms of one of the worst. They don't have a path to get funding to build a new stadium. Mm. And they've been run in such a way that has put, I mean, only team in the NBA that has been owned by the NBA, I believe. And the fight with the family has been, it's still a, that thing is hanging over everybody's head. Mm-hmm. I could see just all of those things had nope, not one of those things by themselves, but all of those things happening at the same time lends itself to someone that's willing to come in and say, I'm ready to take over this and get them out mm-hmm. of there. Well, I can say, I hope not. <laughs> I hope it doesn't no, I, I definitely <laughs> hear you. And you guys out there have a lot of patience. I, I also feel because Zion's been injured or something's been going on every season. So, yeah. um, and they're like, right, for a long, like, financially, like, regardless, like, trading or anything, they've got to, they'll have a lot of dead cap if they do move them, right? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I don't right. dig too deep into the, into the cap stuff. Okay. Um, I don't so think he's going anywhere. He, it would have to be, you know, I don't think Zion is, is, I don't think he's going anywhere. Okay. Yeah. But but I could be wrong. Maybe they do make that they make that move and possible, end right? up in, in New York where he wanna where he wanna play. So that's um, I mean that's what Stephen A's did, but you know <laughs> he wants him to play for his team, you know. <laughs> right, right. And the whole season, man, if you don't have this guy this season, man, that's gonna be mm-hmm. And that's I mean look hurt. at like look at how things have like played out with him year after year. Like his first year he played in summer league when maybe he shouldn't have, and he had a knee issue, and so he had some sort of surgery with that. So you you played in summer league, and you even played in preseason, and then open at night, mm-hmm. you're out. So he didn't play until December, or January. Um, so now it's January 2020. It's February 2020. He's playing, and then COVID happens, and so now the league shut down for a few months. Yeah. Then what? They pick back up in June or July. Now you're out of shape because you haven't been playing actual basketball in yeah. several months. Yeah. Um, so that season ends. The team sucked, whatever. The next season comes around. Zion plays 60 games that season. Brandon Ingram plays 60 games that season. It was a 72-game season. They played the majority of the season. Mm-hmm. They played under Stan Van Gundy. Everybody hated the guy. Like, they, that team hated Stan Van Gundy. Josh Hart didn't want to play basketball no more. That's that's how, like, upset. And that says a lot, because Josh Hart is, <laughs> yeah, he's one of my favorite. I'm not a yeah. Nick fan, but I swear, I feel like I watch games to see Josh Hart. Like, I really yeah. I like Josh Hart. He's one of my favorite role players in this game, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, yeah. I think he has a punch off the bench that, like no other, like, he could be a six-man of the year. Um, yeah. Easily, like multi. Um, sorry, 
no, you're good. I love Josh too. You're and, saying, and I really miss Tim. What are you saying? So what you're saying is their most productive season with Zion is with the guy they hated at head coach. Like, <laughs> but so let's look. Let's look at all the different reasons why that season was so successful. Um, <laughs> they they first of all they like never got to practice though. Like they were playing games literally every other day because the season started later. And yeah. so it's like you're just you're on, 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 boom, boom, boom. And yeah, that was the most successful season. And I mean, obviously, you know, I wasn't there. I don't know what was going on with Stan Van Gundy, but they're definitely like it didn't work out. Yeah, right, right, right. after a year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so it seems like if your main guys ain't really feeling it, yeah, he got to go. But it sucks. And, and I always bring this up. It's like Zion and Brandon Ingram play 60 games in, in a season where most of the lower bowl for the first 10, 15 rows, there's no fans. The, the arena is so empty because people got to sit in pods and they got to be spaced out. So, the, and that was the season where he had like historic numbers on this efficiency that he was getting these buckets on. And it's like hardly anybody really, really got to experience it because you couldn't even be in the arena. And on TV, it's not the same. You got to be in there, <laughs> you know? I'm so, and then yeah. the, the next season, we got Willie Green. Um, Zion's hurt. David Griffin says he should be ready for the regular season. Okay, but when? Because opening night comes, he doesn't play. A month passes, he doesn't play. Months and months and months, he missed the entire season. Why? <laughs> like, I don't even, I forgot. What even happened? He had a, the Lisa Frank injury. He like yeah. broke something in his foot. So, or he had some fracture. Um, and then the next season, all right, boom, opening night. Who we playing? We playing the Brooklyn Nets. And boy, boy, boy. We whooped him. I watched that game all the time because we had Brandon Ingram. You watch it all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because listen, because I just want to go back to a time where I felt something good. (laughs) I understand. (laughs) I can't do that, right? I can't do that for, we had so much turmoil (laughs) with my team that, I mean. um, So much. This is, I guess this is the season the Nets supposed to be back to normalcy, they say. But we shall see. Um, what that means. I mean, we have no idea what that means anymore. Yeah. So yeah. that that's that was that was an amazing night. And then two nights later we played Charlotte. We beat them. So we two and know we feeling good. Third game of the season, guess what happens? Zion goes up for a one handed dunk. Uh Jordan Clarkson tries to go block it. Zion spins backward, falls on his head. Now he's out for three or four games. Two quarters later, uh, Brandon Ingram gets knocked in the head by Najee Marshall. He got a concussion. He's out for a few games. Two and a half games into the season, your best two players is hurt. So every year, it's something stupid happening. <laughs> yeah. Can yeah. we just be healthy? That's it. Yeah. Um, as you look at your the history of the of the Pelicans franchise, um, what is your favorite season? What is your who is your favorite? What is your favorite team? What year is your favorite team of the Pelicans? However you now, want. my favorite season. Um, was the 2017-2018 season. That's the season where we ended up being a sixth seed and we faced Portland in the first round. Then we ended up sweeping them. Um, I think most fans probably would say probably around like 2007-2008 um, when they had Chris Paul and Chris Paul. Remember, I was just about like to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the reason that That's I don't choose that is because... <laughs> yeah, which makes sense. I was kind of like... Um, I was... Like on an NBA hiatus of sorts. Like I wasn't, I wasn't really watching the team. Um, I was living in Houston at the time because I was still in Houston from being out there after Hurricane Katrina. 
So okay. like when I stopped playing basketball, I stopped watching like all sports. So I didn't watch the Hornets for like a few years. Um, so once I moved back, it was kind of just like, mm, you know, we it was kind of tradition to go to the home opener. But other than that, I wasn't really going too much. And so I've only been really, really, really back into it, maybe since like 2015 or so, so last seven, eight years. Um, so then my favorite team that I've been like actually like watching the whole way would be that 2017, 2018 uh, team. And then that was the year we lost Boogie with the Achilles injury. Then we got Nikola Miritich, got into the playoffs. You know, the rest with that is history. So that was a really, really um, a fun time, aside from the injury, of course. But, you know, bad luck with the injuries. We got PTSD. <laughs> I mean that's a that's a good year to pick, and yeah. actually I'm a, I'm gonna throw this is the last one for sure. I mm -hmm. can't believe I didn't ask this. What is the what is going to be the legacy of Anthony Davis after he retires? Will he get his jersey retired, or is like get get the heck out of here? You're not getting a jersey retirement here. Like what is <laughs> you know what what do you think about that? Um, you know, because I'm just curious about Anthony Davis's legacy. Yeah, top 75 player. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts? I, th I feel like it really depends on what the ownership think. Do, do they care what the fans think about that, right? Because I, I kind of feel like the fans are 50 50. Like, there's a lot of people who will be like, Look, Anthony Davis is the best. Sometimes with, with, with time heals wounds, sometimes time yeah. does heal wounds. Yeah, um, there's some people so. who who would say, yeah, he's the best player y'all ever had. Why wouldn't you retire his jersey? And other people are like, well, look at the way he left. Um, he, he never said thank you. That's a, that's an ongoing joke about uh, all these different people did all these things before Anthony Davis could say thank you to the Orleans. Um, and guys, they were crunch trades. It's a thing that happens, but it's just the way it happened and the way he avoided the media and then Drew Holiday and Alvin Gentry were left to like answer questions for him and they didn't even know what to say. Um, and then he wore the That's All Folks shirt the night of the last game uh, and said that, oh, I, I didn't even really pay no attention. Somebody laid this shirt out for me to put on. You're a grown man, bro. Like, you, mm -hmm, at this point, mm -hmm. you're pushing 30 and you talk about <laughs> you ain't picked that shirt out. It's just like, ain't no need to be petty, bro. So, um, take accountability, you know. Yeah, just like yeah. that. Drew Holiday requested out. You wouldn't even really know it. He did it the right way. That he's like the most loved former Pelican because a lot of people don't even mess with Chris Paul like that, but some other people do, and they're like, he's one of the best players you ever had. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> so I don't know what Anthony, what they're gonna do with the Anthony Davis thing. I mean, that's a good uh, one. That's a conundrum. We'll see. Um, yeah, I think he does get retired. I don't think he should. You think he does, but he should. Like, I, okay, okay. I can you know the, the the culture of the NBA like yeah standing stuff out like popcorn now. <laughs> and it's like, what? Like, Charlotte getting ready the to honor better not do nothing for the Nets. Better not do nothing for James Harden. Like, um, <laughs> you know, and Houston could Houston to honor him to the hilt, but not, yeah. you know, not, not, not the Nets. But yeah. I thank you so much for being with us. Really appreciate it. We'll have to bring you. You, you're a Pelicans fan. I mean, yeah. So yeah. I'll bring. We'll bring you back to talk some Pelicans. Sure, during the season for sure. Um, good news, and, and hopefully it's a great season for you guys. Um, but thank you for being here. And the game has started at zero zero, so uh, <laughs> you know, have a have a good night, everyone.